is live on the Berry Flow account. Okay. And there we are. So how are you guys doing today on your Sunday? We're here with Berry Flow Upstream number 14. Uh, today we're here with Alex, Brandon, Darius, Matthew, and Ronell. How are everybody doing today? So Pretty good. We don't have any music intro. I'm I'm wondering why. Yeah, <laughs> this last week I was definitely looking forward to that one this week. <laughs> Only reason why I came, guys. Only reason why I came. Yeah. Yo, there was like a minute there of just like solid music. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brandon is like this and me like trying to fix it all. But despite the technical difficulties in Google trying to kick us off air, we're here again. Uh, I did want to get started today with a, a discussion of we did see a, a recent acquisition from BlackBerry, a company called Movertu. This is their second acquisition of the year. How do you guys feel about BlackBerry's momentum with these acquisitions? They don't really seem like they'd be substantial to the balance sheet. They seem to be small kind of startups that they're ticking off. But uh, what do you guys think of the move thus far? Good, smart, and strategic. They're balancing out and they're expanding their enterprise portfolio in a very smart way. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's like all these small... Uh, you know, um, acquisitions that BlackBerry's been making, you know, they're, they're, they're small acquisitions, but in the long run, it's creating this huge uh, force that they're helping, you know, kind of get their feet right back underneath of them um, that they've been doing, you know, for the last year or so. Um, and, you know, with Movertu and pretty much all of what, you know, it, what it's about with uh, the boosting, you know, you bring your own device ca uh, comp compatibility with iOS devices and Android devices, um, it's a smart move for them because it's just strengthening them that more in the enterprise um, realm of things. So for BlackBerry, that's a very huge win. And when you kind of look at the bigger picture, that acquisition is is such a smart move because a lot of these other you know companies and brands are trying to get into the enterprise um, spectrum of things, but jumping into that, they're just kind of getting out there hoping they can get uh, the consumers on that side of the uh, you know, business just there by their name, by their name, by their brand. But BlackBerry really has a lot of, uh, you know, background in terms of, you know, the enterprise, not with just their name, but acquiring these companies of such who have taken steps to further secure the enterprise realm. It only just gives them even more leverage over Apple and over Samsung and, you know, these other companies that are trying to, you know, already in the game or trying to get into the enterprise game. Yeah, I agree. It's a very smart move. This is in line with the SecuSmart uh, acquisition. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these companies they're acquiring are 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 gonna reinforce their core business, the the enterprise. But what's interesting about the Movertu acquisition is that it also provides some benefits in specifically with regards to BBM. Um, as we see with Movertu, they they allow cloud. They have something called cloud phones, so essentially you can call someone over Wi-Fi um, through a telephone number, and it also allows the enterprise um, to you know, split numbers based on if they're a personal user or an enterprise user. So that can also be used um, in terms of balance along with BBM, so there's some synergies there. Which I think yeah. this is a bit different from the SecuSmart acquisition, but it's also reinforces it, that core business. Absolutely. I mean, when we look at SecuSmart, they essentially have a smart SIM card already. So now you can put a virtual number through the enterprise to that secure SIM card and keep your numbers totally private. And we look at uh, businesses. Let's say you know you're you're a car uh, car dealer, 
and you have a lot of relationships with people to, in order to sell cars and you have a business line with all of those contacts. Uh, as you leave the business, you need to be able to hand that phone back without taking all the contacts with you. Right. So essentially with this unique identity that you're talking about, you know, you could essentially tie something like ManyMe, which we see over here, over into something like BBM or the BlackBerry ID and really create a unique synergy with what you're able to offer on right. multiple sides of either your work or personal life. Another thing I kind of wanted to touch on here is this Movertu share. And it mentions here phone numbers for the unphoned. This is a really interesting concept. Essentially, you're able to, in low um, uh, low markets, as, as re referenced here at the bottom of the pyramid, where you really are making about like 2 or $3 a day, there's still a market that doesn't have cell phones at all. So what they're able to do is give these virtual numbers on a share-based model. So let's say one person in your family has a cell phone. You can borrow their phone and virtually use it, and the billing is all split and separate. Right. Really, really cool to kind of how they're expanding overall the different markets. They're playing to their emerging market strength, and they're also working toward their uh, enterprise and professional life uh, sides as well. It's really cool, this, this whole cloud phone concept. Um, what do you guys think? We had mentioned kind of b before going on air um, about BlackBerry kind of becoming their own carrier. As we look at this with uh, their other assets like QNX, which actually it runs uh, cellular services for different companies over in Europe, uh, they really have a lot of assets to bring something like this together. They have the antennas, they got QNX that can run the industrial side. What do you guys think overall about BlackBerry becoming their own sort of Internet of Things carrier with the help of other carriers to kind of run off their infrastructures and create a bigger platform. Yeah, essentially, it's just exactly what you, you're saying with the Internet of Things. This is kind of like you're, you're witnessing the first few steps of the foundation that they're laying for the Internet of Things. And kind of to go back with the overt, uh, overt to acquisition, it's, uh, <laughs> it's so big in a small way that people kind of don't understand that this is really a threat to a lot of different companies like um, Cisco for example. Uh, I'm in the Army and I work in, in Signal so uh, certain missions we go on we have subscribers so to speak. We have to provide phones. We um, program and use Cisco phones that they use on secure lines or uh, just a secure platform period. But essentially what it does is if you look at them over to acquisition, uh, as we were mentioning, if you are able to pretty much give these numbers using, so to speak, uh, and I know that goes in line with like the whole virtual SIM card, so to speak, it kind of eliminates having to use a physical phone because you only have, I would, I, I'm not going to say eliminate using a physical phone, but eliminate using multiple physical phones because if you have just one line and you can put a specific amount of numbers on one phone, that cuts out, you know, that competition from that side of things. So they're kind of looking at like, wow, how can we, you know, kind of get back into that? But essentially, when you're looking at that and going on, what were you saying, James, with BlackBerry kind of starting their own carrier with the help of with other carriers, um, it essentially is going to kind of make kind of consume things in terms of uh, making it smaller. You don't need to necessarily have to have thousands of phones out there for people to have communications to one another. You can put everything on one device essentially and use it for countless amounts in terms of your communication and so on and so forth. It's a huge deal, but I think people are really overlooking that. I think I personally think this is another step towards questioning what the what the future is for our telecommunications, our wireless telecommunications. Um, are we 
I think this is personally a step going towards, you know, just focusing on using the internet for communication, voice over internet protocol, as opposed to using the uh, standard um, format that we use now. I think it's it's going to have a lot of impact in that sense. In terms of what um, Darius was talking about with the personal and business side of phones separated, I want to reiterate um, when a lot of people when they have a business phone, the company doesn't like them using that phone for personal phones. So often you'll see people who have like a BlackBerry and uh, an iPhone, and they have to carry the two phones around. And that's essentially because the company doesn't want um, people chewing up their minutes. But if you could have somebody that has two numbers on a phone, and they can use the personal side with their own plan, they can choose their own plan, do whatever they want with it, and the company doesn't have to care about it because they're not going to be paying for it. And then you, as a personal user, you don't have to care what's on the enterprise side because the company is just focusing on that. So it's really, I think this is going to really target those people who carry around two devices. Right. And I think in terms of a QNX platform, like I said, it's just going to be more of an emphasis on using the Internet of Things as opposed to using some of these antiquated systems we have today for telecommunications. Yeah, totally agree. I yeah. think as, as well, if we, where we look at like where this acquisition hits following this Smart, right before a big launch, right before an earnings call, you know, Chen is playing his cards. He's been holding on to these key kind of uh, focus points and, and dishing them out strategically and I just I really appreciate the execution he's bringing to the team overall and the people he's brought in thus far. What did you want to mention Alex? It, it's just kind of like everything like you mentioned is kind of coming together where BlackBerry's had BlackBerry Balance for a while which is really the the solution for you being able to do BYOD and then also have your your work segmentation on Buzz and it seems like this is just taking it another step further and I, I'm wondering, you know how in some like emerging markets, BlackBerry would sell devices with just like BBM plans? Was that a thing like a while back? Yeah. So like, yeah. will yep. they essentially be able to do that same thing um, in the future, but now with numbers attached with exactly. it? Exactly. That's, that's kind of what Brandon was mentioning earlier. Okay. Right? Like, they can tie that numeri- the virtual numerical identity into a, a BBID synced device. So that device is connecting through its SIM card, but you still have its own, your own virtual identity through it. And there's, so, a lot, there's a lot of potential for the technology. You can imagine bringing your phone number to your car, all over the place, to your house. They have the power to transform BBM into not just some, some social network, but also into something that can actually tap into you know, people's numbers so that people can actually phone you on BBM from a landline or something like that. I mean, this acquisition could provide potentially the backbone for something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and beyond, I mean, look at BlackBerry Blend. Imagine t- bringing in your number along with that and where you're able to take that. I mean, if BlackBerry were to bring BBM over into wearables, we saw a recent uh, interview with John Sim saying he'd love to see it happen. Um, do you guys think BBM would do well on wearables, and how does it play into their overall strategy? What do you think, Renault? Uh, I think it does. It plays pretty strong. I was going to say that if you look at everything from a whole and what they've done this year, it, it, it's a move that doesn't just play well with BlackBerry and BlackBerry phones, but as with iPhones and Android phones as well. So anything that they can do to help security-wise or help um, in IoT, 
for all devices connected, when they sell an iPhone device or somebody else sells an Android device, they're still making a profit or a revenue, either it be to the back end on QNX or through these acquisitions where they got that technology, which other phones are running on as well. It, it all plays into their strength. So it doesn't matter how many phones they sell. If iPhone sells, sells a million and like quarter of them are, are using phones and stuff or I mean, in cars and whatever, connecting, you still got that surplus, right? So they played in the back end as much as they were playing in the front end, BlackBerry wise. So 100% BBM connecting and having your own personalized um, um, account or numbers definitely plays into their hand for sure. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see continue. You know, they have $3.2 billion cash on hand. They can afford to be doing a little bit more than what they have been. And if acquisitions right now of a, a you know, at a tactical sense, are better and a better expenditure of money right now than marketing. I'm glad to see it happening. At least they're bolstering their offering and looking forward with it. Uh, you know, Brandon's here hitting me up in the chat asking what device I'm running. Because that a Z10. <laughs> it's a yeah, if I, look, if I look like a Z10 from uh, from like the small the small thumbnail, but no. No, it's, it's the further, 30. Got uh, that chin. Further investigations is at 30. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't imagine the Z10 owners right now and what they're going through. We should have a, just like we need to have like a co. Like we need to, how is it? Matthew's coming from an iPhone over to BlackBerry. Yeah, he kind of kept him exiled from the group until uh, he could make the transition over. A QWERTY BlackBerry to an iPhone 5S back to a all-touch BlackBerry. Yeah, but when that when that Q10 hit the ground, you gave it up. So we can't count that. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Transition-wise, it's not terrible. Um, but I, it's slightly bigger than my, my 5S, which is it's negligible. I really can't tell the difference. Keyboard's a lot better. Hoping iOS 8 can port a BlackBerry 10 keyboard onto that. That'd be amazing. Um, it's not bad. The app situation's probably the only downside. But besides that, the email's better. The multitasking is better. And for full disclosure, what OS are you running on your Z10? I know, I know people are going to be watching this and be like, "Why are you not on 10.3?" So you are on 10. So you're on the official OS. Yes, I don't run leaks unless they're official. What, what about <laughs> side loading? Have you put Snap on it? Have you explored I, any of the other options? I put both. I, I put basically every app store I could find. I put on Amazon, Snap, the Nokia App Store because I could, and. Uh, and Amazon. I already said Amazon. That's about it. It, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, you look at these ecosystem games, and it's like, technically speaking, BlackBerry 10 has access to so many applications. We're talking millions. Supposedly 98% of Android apps that BlackBerry has tested run on BlackBerry 10. But then you look at that 2%, and you look at the massive scale of Google Play, and there's still a lot of apps, and a lot of those are top apps people know of that are using Google Play services to the fullest. So yeah, 98 sounds awesome, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, any of us testing out a 10.3 on, on a test device already know that the OS and the runtime are a lot better. And again, the leaks that have gone out have really not been anything tailored for our device. So we're waiting for 10.3.1 for those real refinements. So there may be a pretty native-like experience. I've heard really good things about it from uh, sources inside. The runtime is very much improved on 
Im improvements and integration are, are two different things, you know? Is it going to give you Google Play services? I don't think it ever will until we, we get to that bridge to cross. But in terms of stemming the consumer app gap mentality that BlackBerry 10 is lacking, I think with the Amazon store, with two stores preloaded on, it's going to start shifting some of the perception around. It's can you market that to your consumer or even to your end user in the enterprise who can also appreciate it. What do you guys think right now of the Amazon deal, having sat with it and about to see it come live on uh, actual devices? Do you expect BlackBerry to push this, or do you expect it to kind of be something on the back end that is mentioned kind of offhand? I, I think that's I kind mean, of pushing. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you can go. <laughs> I was going to fill the gap. Like, they're, I think they're, like, they're, they're pushing it, but they're saying since they're kind of not pushing it because it's like – I think if BlackBerry does, let's say BlackBerry gets Google services tomorrow, it's like you're this close from being an Android device pretty much with just a BlackBerry name on it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's kind of why BlackBerry is kind of like, you know, hesitant or has kind of hindered from approaching Google and trying to make a deal to where they have it. And they kind of went, you know, veered to the left a little bit and got Amazon and said, okay, well, they're not Google, but they kind of got Google services and uh, it'll do. So we'll just stick with Amazon right now and, you know, keep doing what we do best. But I think it also has a lot to do with, you know, uh, just security as well. I mean, that is a huge thing. When you're opening your OS to Google services, <laughs> security is, is a first-hand issue that they have to address and they have to make sure it's correct. So I believe when they get it, they have to make, make, make sure everything is right. They can't compromise everything that they've worked for just for the sake of you know, applications, so to speak, extra applications, I should say, when you do have applications that will suit your needs and, you know, kind of fill in the gap for the time being. Like, I don't think it's that serious of a thing that for BlackBerry uses to have Google Play services. If, if, they, if they come in, like, I, I don't want them to be some half-assed thing. Right. I want them through native apps. I mean, yeah. iOS and, you know, I guess Windows, I don't know if Windows has any Google applications of note. Hmm. If iOS can have a native application for a Google app, I want the same thing. I don't want to have to get a ported, you know, blase experience. I want to get the full thing. Um, what do you guys think of native development right now, especially the developers that we have here? Yeah, I mean, I was... Do you I feel like really this. progressing forward in terms of consumer applications, or is that is that totally handed over to Amazon at this point from your perspective? I, yeah, I want to... Speaking to your last question and this one combined, it's like... I think, you know, all of these reviews that have happened in the past when BB10 was first, you know, launched and then 10.2.1 and it just seems like everyone focused so much on, oh, you know, it's it's a decent phone, there are no apps, the app gap, and they start talking so much about apps. So I think BlackBerry really just wants to get off of that and be like, okay, now that you can't say that so much anymore, actually tell us what you think of the phone. And I think this is really what the Amazon App Store is. They just want to get people off of this whole, like, oh, BlackBerry doesn't have the apps. And that was kind of where the discussion ended. So they're trying mm -hmm. to just move past that. And then native development, I think it's really, you know, the native developers who have been doing it understand the benefits of doing native development. And I don't necessarily think that um, the utility and productivity apps are going to move over to Amazon. Um, the games and stuff like that, definitely, I'm, I'm pretty sure that those are going to move over almost entirely um, because it kind of makes sense just to reach a, a broader audience but developing the productivity and utility apps and being like the only ones 
within BlackBerry World, and they, they can be advertised. BlackBerry will advertise the good productivity apps. You have this perk um, in that regard, so I think those apps will continue coming native, where the games and the more consumer-focused apps will go to Amazon. And... I think I was going to say, if you look at it from a, a, sell, a salesperson's standpoint, like, if you're trying to sell BlackBerry to a normal consumer, not like regular consumers like us who, who know a lot more information or more about tech, but uh, say I'm trying to sell a BlackBerry to a customer, and they say, well, what about apps? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, it's got the Amazon store, so you don't have to worry about any of those apps that are missing the BlackBerry app world. You can always go to the Amazon store and download whatever you got that you're missing there. And it's interesting, you, from a sales perspective, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Ronel, because over when they did the Z3 launches in Indonesia, they were actually preloading you know, one mobile market on after you bought the phone before you leave, you know, just mm. trying to help consumers bridge that gap. Now, the sales pitch becomes easier because Amazon is right there preloaded on the device. You just say, hey, click that app, and you're good to go. So, Not to mention it's a brand that everybody's familiar with. Like, everyone knows Amazon, so it just kind of... Gives it a little bit more leverage on on that end as well. A little bit more clout, absolutely. Ronell, are you going to be doing any uh, sales stuff up north for the passport launch? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be working as a as a rep. Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> keep it at that. <laughs> are you excited? Me? Oh yeah, definitely, 100. percent so, okay, sell, sell, sell me on a passport, please, okay? I I have a Z30 right now. What, what What's conducive to me getting a passport? All right. I just need a spotlight. Just <laughs> it's it's, so, it's you on you, man. <laughs> it has been announced yet, James. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the specs or anything or what any official details or anything, but uh, right. Right. let's just, from what I already know, I could probably sell you on it just like... New hardware, new operating system. Everything's there's like it's a big change, but at the same time, the amount of productivity productivity that you have now, imagine almost doubling that. Okay, and you're getting a lot more native or Android experience. Or you know, I'm I'm coming up with stuff on top of my mind. You're treading lightly. But, but no, you, you, exactly. you, said it, you said it pretty well with the trifecta there. New hardware, new OS, new experience. So I'm excited to, for that device. I mean, we're 10 days away right now from that launch. Uh, we're going to see it. I think it's going to be a staggered rollout. I don't see a global. I, I see a general, quote-unquote, global. It's going to go across the globe at once. But in, in just smart regions, kind of with the Z3 where they've been kind of just executing slowly and surely on making sure it gets to all its markets. What do you guys think of like surprises for this event? We have the 17th. We're having the Porsche design kind of own separate events. Uh, do you guys see anything special coming in on this uh, 24th event? I mean, I, I almost want to hear or see about the classic and or a Z3 LTE type device. I, I would like to hear something about it. Even if you're saying that's not happening, I'd like to at least have it acknowledged in some way. What do you guys think about the Passport launch event and what we may see? I think the uh, the key with the event on the 24th is that it's keeping BlackBerry relevant and it's keeping it up there with the big boys. 
I mean, Samsung, uh, Apple have all announced devices in September and kind of releasing them before the holiday season to spur um, purchases, right? So what it does is having the events on, what is it, the 17th and the 24th? Yeah. The 17th is the uh, the uh, Porsche design. P P yeah, the P9983. Yeah. So what it does is it, it keeps BlackBerry relevant and people are going to, you know, hear more about it. Hopefully it's going to lift the sentiment uh, about the stock before the uh, financial results come out. If they announce all this stuff, have a decent earnings report, um, it's going to really, you might actually see quite a positive movement on the stock. And on top of that, you might have some positive feedback in terms of people's outlook on the company. So I think it could be a very smart play. I think it's a very smart play having these uh, these announcements at this particular time. I think the Passport having it in September too, it's just they need to have it in September sooner rather than later. And I don't think they're ready to announce kind of like a, a touchscreen device yet. We never know. There could be a surprise. But I think the focus is just getting what they can out, now announcing it, and then later if they need to announce a touch device, they'll focus that on that in 2015. Yeah. I just think, like, with, with everything, hopefully everything can go online like you just mentioned, Brandon. You know, uh, a great event, um, you know, a good earnings report. And, you know, my biggest thing is this. One, I'm happy, as you mentioned, James, we're 10 days away finally from an announcement of the Passport after just months of leak after leak after leak and just <clears throat> anguish and pain from the blogs just explaining the device. But uh, hopefully, what, what, what I would like to see is this. We understand it's going to be a regional announcement, you know, the three events that they're having. Now, if there if there isn't, uh, you know, so to speak, um, a, a simultaneous launch of the device in these certain areas on the same date, at least give us dates of, as to when we can definitely expect it. Not saying uh, sometime in November or later in December the states can get it. No, give us exact dates. It will launch in Canada on this date. The states will see it on this date. Hopefully, we get those things. We want, you know, you, you want to get a solid answer to pretty much the biggest thing. We, we kind of don't even care about the device anymore. The biggest thing that people want that want a passport is when they can get it. It's not even about the device. Like they, they can care less. You know everything you know about it already. You know everything is going to give you. You just want to know when you can get it now. So hopefully, they can give us that and not kind of you know beat around the bush with it. Um, but not only that, I do expect to see the Passport, I do expect to see the Classic, and I do expect to see the Z3, uh, Z3 uh, LTE version. So I don't think that's, it wouldn't be um, them doing too much or anything of that nature. You know, it's kind of giving people a beginner, intermediate, and an expert, you know, range of devices, so to speak. So I think that would be great for the event. We're kind of just giving a well-rounded uh, applause, if you will, to your consumers and letting them know that you have these devices to choose from this point to the end of the year. Um, and I wouldn't even mention anything of an all-touch. I, I really wouldn't because if you do, then that just takes attention off the passport and there's less hands and less money that can be spent towards that device. I think if they were to play both spectrums, we have the top-of-the-line high-end QWERTY passport innovative device mm -hmm. and this sub-2, 300 affordable Z3 LT. It's like, yeah, we've got... Both ends of the stick covered. Right, right. Yeah. But at and the same time, like they could be like early 2015 and do like an Apple Watch type thing where it's like we haven't told you yet. Yeah, we've shown it to you. <laughs> so we, we have it. Like, we, 
Right. We've got one more thing, guys. <laughs> that device we launched earlier in the year is back. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's important that now BlackBerry is they're announcing this in September because September is kind of the month of like the new iPhones and then the Galaxy Note event just happened. And now like the Z30 was launched I think like mid-November and then it's like when you start comparing a phone that came out two or three months after like the iPhone, then people are like, well yeah, it's, I mean it's a newer phone, it just came out. But like this Passport coming out, people can now start comparing it to the iPhone being like, Oh crap! Both these devices came out at the same time. Passport is three gigabytes of RAM. The iPhone's still on one gigabyte, and like these gaps, like are kind of a bigger deal now. Because think back on legacy BlackBerry, we were on five, twelve megabytes of RAM, and moving even up to that was a big deal because we were on two fifty six, and it was just ridiculous. But now we're three times the amount of of Apple, you know. So I think these September events. Hopefully they stay consistent with it, and their and their device launches are around Apple. I think that's a good thing. They're they're moving with the market. I mean, we saw them as well, kind of in the back shadow of CES as well, kind of there but not there. So I think yeah. with the with the February, you know, latter end there, and with September, which is obviously month of mobile, you know, they're gonna stay consistent with it. This is gonna be interesting to see John Chen's first actual real real launch event for you know a flagship product. From Where will them. he be? Yeah, where's he gonna be? In Toronto. I'd I'd be in Toronto. I would be. That's yeah, I'm pretty not, sure. I'm be I want to see the guy in real life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be in Toronto. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Alex. Alex will be there at the event for us. He's hiking across the border for us. Yeah. To, God knows what he'll do with his Verizon Z30 over there, but he's gonna he'll figure it out maybe. I'll figure it out. <laughs> or not. Right. Yeah. Can I borrow this display unit here? Let's we'll just trade that. With it. <laughs> Mine's better, anyways. It gets wireless charging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's gonna be just really an interesting rollout. Did any of you guys happen to grab the market update that came out the other day? Uh, I saw an update for that app. very well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You looked, you looked really. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Germany did a great job with it. I love yeah. it. I, I love all the features he added. And one thing that I do like about Jeremy is one he's a developer, you know, not to take anything away from Brandon or Alex, but he's one of those developers that really listens to, you know, the people who have the app and he pretty much just has an open mind and an open heart to, you know, things that people request and he just implements it and puts it in there. So, you know, I don't think there's like anyone who uses the app, I don't think there's any, you know, upset, you know, users at all. I think everybody will be pleased with the update and everything that it includes. Yeah, he did a, he did a little bit of a additions just refining the whole UI for adding text, yeah. memes right. and it's, it's so user friendly now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've been messing around with the 10.3 signature actions and all that, so I'm yeah. really excited about the new OS as Ronald had mentioned, you know. It, there's a lot really coming forward toward the end of this month and I, I'm almost like stunned at this point that I'm, my excitement's kind of boiled over on me. So I'm just like, <laughs> now I'm waiting, waiting game. Uh, Alex, I'm gonna. I think I took the day off. I'm gonna be supporting Alex here from the home front Sweet. and blog, <laughs> blog and whatnot. And uh, maybe Matthew will Matthew will be bored and want to help us or whatever. I hope you I don't know. We're, we're gonna try to do like a live blog that's a little bit different than other live blogs. So you'll want to you'll want to tune in. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll probably get on like a conference or conference call, a multi chat, a, B, a BBM. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. Not too worried about it. But yeah, the market multi chat so we can use stickers because that's important. Stickers, that's real. God, we're so we're so ready. For this. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, the market update, there was also an update for BetaZone, and it fixed a lot of the export issues that people are having, even downloading applications from BetaZone. I know Matthew's been kind of going through that for a little bit. Are you excited that you finally have access to BetaZone again? Uh, what it was previously. I mean, yeah, I still get an export error for a few apps, but Facebook for BB10 kind of got now updated, which was nice. Uh, so did uh, I was. Loaded up, sure, but it's still loading. But but overall, <laughs> but overall, it's yeah, it's not too bad. It's been better. A few of my apps can actually update now, but I still get export errors with the other ones. Like I have Yo, at the end of this upstream, at the at the end of this this session, we're gonna check beta zone to see if it's loaded yet. <laughs> okay. I still I still have not been able to access Barry Four though. So I'm kind of uh, I actually updated. I actually updated Barry Flow like finally. It looks yeah, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty flame. <laughs> no, just, just wait. Like Jeremy's, Jeremy and Marco have done a lot of stuff to actually make the new, the final launch version pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, a minute and a half on, still loading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all work. They work them. I don't know what's going on. Z30 versus. Uh, it's still <laughs> slow loading for me on my Z30, on my Z30. So. There are definitely server issues though. It's not like the app. Yeah. I don't think. Maybe it's from all the Z3s the the they sold. That's really just kind of helped people just download. Absolutely, that's the reason. Someone figured it out. Yeah. All the beta zone downloads and try to connect it. <laughs> so, what do you guys think here when we're looking at the, the the perspective for BlackBerry's earnings? Right, this last quarter they reported what a twenty-three, twenty-seven million dollar reporting profit because they sold the buildings and actually broke. Even do you guys think that uh, they're going to be able to actually put some money on the spreadsheet this time, or are they going to cleverly roll back? Supposedly November timeframe, they're going to be getting like eight hundred million dollars through a tax rebate back for, from them. So there's a lot of money kind of swirling around right now to cover some of their operational costs, and this has been part of that prudent execution of Torsten Hines and John Chen right now, kind of lumping two together yeah. as part of this, this right. clear transition. Yeah, what do you guys think? Positive earnings call? Do you, do you guys project a positive earnings call? It, it's important to 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 acknowledge that the SecuSmart acquisition and the Mobertu acquisition. I don't think they're actually finally. I don't think they're actually finalized. At least, like obviously, not the Mobertu one yet. Uh, I don't think. And SecuSmart is still. I think it's still getting reviewed by the. German German government, so I don't think they're gonna be having that cash actually um, taken up yet. But I think this quarter it's still I think it's gonna be a small profit potentially due to enterprise um, customers coming back or from the more positive outlook on the company. I don't think it's gonna be anything crazy though. I think maybe next uh, next quarter after the passporters out and some of these new devices that will get people out to actually purchase um, devices from the company, I think we might see some more positive results. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you nailed it right on the head. I, I mean, it's just, I, it's definitely going to be positive nonetheless. I don't, I mean, there's no reason for there to be anything negative. I mean, it's not like the stock has 
completely bought out. It's only, you know, just down with her. I think they're up at like almost like 45%, you know, since the first of the year. Um, so, like, in terms of the announcement, when it comes around, it, it's going to, uh, it's going to open a lot of eyes and it's going to have a lot of people, you know, really start paying attention to what they're going to do in 2015. Uh, so, a positive yeah. vibe from Blackberry. Yeah, you, you brought up if there are going to be any surprises at the, the event on the, the 24th. And I think Chen is saving the all-touch device to show it off on the 26th at the earnings call, like he did with the Passport Classic. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited for the earnings call because we might see. It's like we get this big event, all the stuff that we've, we've been waiting for. You know, Chen might be just so anxious to show another little thing off. I think uh, with the, uh, some of all the discounts they've been having on like, both accessories and like clearing inventory, and like expanded Z3 uh, availability, it's 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 got to be positive at least on the, the like the device front. I don't I don't see it you know meeting that 10 million mark that Chen quoted. I, I think they will. Even spelling the the 2.5 million a quarter plus what they've done already on the past couple, they're already gonna hit that target. Yeah. Even selling like two million phones, like yeah, well, it doesn't even and, and doesn't, I still think it's gonna be positive. I think as we look as we look at BlackBerry right now and how they're trying to leverage the different again four pillars of the company we have BBM, QNX, hardware, and enterprise. Those are essentially standalone business units. It only is going to take them selling 10 million phones to make that hardware portion profitable on its own. It's not like it's going to be making a lot of money for them, but it'll be self-sustaining at least. So yeah. Anything above that is money in the pocket for them. With the enterprise focus as well. You know, bringing able to bring those devices to an enterprise and be like, look, buy 300 of these, buy 250 of these. You know, buy them in bulk. It gives them a little bit more leverage on the access there. Um, this is this is a whole story about a services company at this point. Right now, they're they're totally transitioning towards software. We see it on the OS. We see it in their services. What kind of services do you guys want to see from BlackBerry? Uh, we've seen the iCloud hack and things like that, but this is a changing story for this company. Where do you guys see it going in the next couple of quarters when we look toward the beginning of 2015, toward the end of this year? Where do you guys think the perception is going to be while we wait for a, one of our guests to jump on with us? I think it's going to be a lot of focus more on um, on BBM. I mean, not to say that you know they kind of lacked on the, in, on the BBM side of things, which they haven't, but we're going to see a lot more uh, emphasis on BBM, uh, I believe, with SecuSmart. Um, and... Hopefully, I think you'll see you know things with you know customization with black. I mean, with BBM, um, I, you, I'm sure you're gonna see more wallpapers. Uh, but I think BBM is definitely gonna be one of their main focuses right now. Just a simple fact because it's on all mobile platforms. I think they're trying to do something where they can really kind of connect them all together and really kind of make that jump in being the most used and uh, just put it in more people's hands in terms of on their phones, whatever mobile platform they use. I think that's going to be definitely their focus of what they're going to be trying to do. I was going to say, um, um, thinking the next quarter coming up is, main key is BES 12. Uh, I think everybody's going to be looking at revenue numbers more than device sales numbers. And it's all about balancing out, bottoming out. That's what all the financial investors are looking at. And, Best 12 is a key stepping stone and probably innovation that everybody's been looking at, seeing if BlackBerry can capitalize on best, best 10 to best 12 upgrading. And, you know, if revenues are on the rise, then BlackBerry is definitely in it to win it because 
they can keep supporting Blackberry 10 because the revenues keep going higher. And, you know, I didn't answer the question before, but I'm thinking like it could be a, like a really minimal loss this quarter. And after that, it's, it's all the way up because uh, they got good devices, new devices, and they're working on some new ones. So operating costs are probably going to be back up on the rise in the next couple quarters. So the outlook is good, but it's only revenues that people are looking at really more than device sales at least right. in the next quarter. Or because so. because when we look at the whole market share, the amount they're selling is so new that you got to mm -hmm. look at where the money is actually being made. So I agree mm -hmm. there. I think you know as you had mentioned, right now Bez 12 coming forward toward the end of this year. We may even hear some news about it there at the event later the year. So uh, really good, just cool stuff that they're bringing forward. Again, that is their unified platform for legacy, Windows, etc. Apple, iOS, BlackBerry 10. Did I say Apple and iOS? Apple and Android. <laughs> um, so again, taking you across the mobile spectrum and, and so to speak from an MDM uh, platform side of things. And as well, we're going to supposedly hear talks of this BBM meetings, which is voice conference calls through BBM. So again, as they leverage all these different uh, services, eBBM and the eBBM suite with BBM protected, there's a lot of different venues for them to start making money, even as we've talked about stickers on the consumer side. So it's going to be interesting to see how much money they actually put down on paper uh, for, the, for actually recording on this. So I'm, I'm excited to see it looking forward. We do have uh, Jubei. He hopped on toward the latter end of the stream here. Uh, how's your day been, buddy? Uh, I know you just recently had a birthday, so happy birthday to you. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, bro. I'm not telling him happy birthday. No, no, we can't hear him. <laughs> no, we can't hear him. <laughs> Yo, can you hear his awesome response? We just all wish him He looked real bougie when he was telling it, too, but we couldn't hear him. <laughs> I don't know, Jubek. You might have to like unplug it and plug it back in. I'm not sure how we're going to fix that one. Actually, if you know sign language, I can translate for you guys. <laughs> After you, you walk on to Jubei and translate him for us. <laughs> All you need to do is away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out in a little bit. We'll continue on from here, though. One um, thing I did want to I did want to mention in terms of the earnings report is that uh, you also have to keep in mind that BlackBerry likely wouldn't be wouldn't be acquiring all these companies if they were you know really going down the drain in terms of their uh, their finances because purchasing these companies co takes capital to purchase these companies so if they were really like going through their cash they probably wouldn't be acquiring these companies. So there's a pretty good indication that their their cash is probably still fairly healthy going into the earnings report. Yeah, and that's that's one thing. Is like is we with all these acquisitions that they've made in recent months is we don't see the numbers of how much the acquisition actually costs. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting to know, and and I'm kind of curious to see. That is the one thing I'm kind of curious to see in the earnings reports. Will we see? Because I know, as you mentioned, you know, as far as them being done, nine times in ten they probably aren't because there's a lot of you yeah. know, regulators and things that they have to go through in order to kind of complete it. And honestly, I don't even see the uh, acquisitions being completed until like spring of 2015. Yeah. Um, so, my live has run out time. Yeah. No, before I was just saying that um, everyone that wished me happy birthday on my channel on uh, BBM or whatever, 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I actually just came back from uh, one of those uh, spa days where you get like the body scrub, Ooh. massage, the pedicure. <laughs> never done it before. Uh, never. Today was the day. So, uh, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> So you've been dirty how many years? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they finally got behind the ears and you know all yeah, of that. All that. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you got to exfoliate and relax. It's always needed. Always needed. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we were talking. Uh, yeah, we were talking middle of this, uh, looking a little bit forward here from all the things we know that BlackBerry is kind of bringing forward into the 24th and on. Do you see this earnings uh, call being a positive one for them on the 26th? And what are your prospects looking forward, Jubei? Well, we covered a little bit. Of, uh, I, I know we were asked this on the last uh, last podcast. Though I think there was someone on the that asked whether or not you know we think that the it's going to be a good one. There's one thing that I think points to the positivity. It's like when Chen came out and said we're going to have the earnings call just two days after the launch of the passport. Um, you don't really do that unless you're pretty confident at the numbers coming in. And uh, him coming out and just saying that before the launch, I think, is a positive sign. And I think there's going to be some interesting uh, information and stats that we're going to, you know, uh, hear from the company. And I actually look forward to it. I mean, you, you know, you got to – I see it as a great sign. You know, if you're coming out boldly and saying, listen, we're having the quarterly, you know, uh, reports coming out and we're launching two days before that, all right. People are still going to be shell shocked by like the passport. <laughs> yeah. When the when, when the press release goes across it, the wire, and when the media starts eating it up, and when they start crafting their their headlines, I think it's going to be a really hard sell for a lot of them. It's going to be like, wow, this thing is so unheard of in a form well, factor. Did you guys talk about about with the Verge and their little poll that they're running and how the passport is just completely dominating. The, so uh, much of that is the community, though. I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to raise my hand here and say, it's not about the when, has Black, when has BlackBerry never won a poll? Like, yeah. they, they win every poll because they put it on their own social media and everyone gets on it. I mean, I'm not but surprised. I think, I'm, I think it's great that it's on the verge that it's happening. You know, so, Oh, yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. You go on theverge.com, they're like an unofficial Apple you know, marketing team there. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Black Blackberry loyalists are like the biggest trolls in America. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> in the best way possible is what you mean. I bet you, uh, John Legere still probably gets like messages from like Blackberry fans today. Threats from us. He probably does. He did a recent uh, little short interview with uh, John Cheng of CNET and. Um, more or less, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna support my customers. The same thing he always says, and uh, it was just really interesting to see. You know, is there a, a point there where they can kind of mend the bridge and come back together and be like, all right, you know, there's no animosity between us. We want to support you. You support us. Yada yada. But I just don't see it. I feel like Chen is pretty adamant about not going that road. Does that affect the other markets for the passport in markets like America or America, the United States? Do we see? Them not going for T-Mobile being inepting them from AT&T and or Verizon? Or do we think we're going to see those devices at the beginning of next year? Hope we do because I'm a T-Mobile I'm a T-Mobile user and that would just be sad. <laughs> we couldn't get a Passport or God, even a Classic. And I would only have to buy them unlocked from like, the BlackBerry store or from a third-party vendor in order to get them. 
Yeah, right. I mean, and the, the BlackBerry that. store, yeah, the BlackBerry store always lags six months too, so it's it's not really an option, at least from what we've seen thus far. What, what were you gonna say, Jubei? No, that even going off of what Matthew said, I mean, I'm current, I, you know, I have a Q10, but this is a Verizon one unlocked, and I use it on T-Mobile service. So I don't, th I, I know it's going to impact the U.S. market somewhat, but I don't think it's going to be as big. I, I know that uh, the CEO of T-Mobile would like to think that he has a, you know, a big impact, but um, you know, you got to remember that T-Mobile is probably the least uh, reputable <laughs> carrier uh, in the United States. So um, okay, yeah, especially especially as per enterprise, I mean, they've kind of right. got one of the smaller footprints of the bigger two, and. Even Sprint seems to be have a pretty significant kind of user base that's working, you know, with the the BlackBerry Enterprise service on on their carrier. So when when we look at this a little bit forward, guys, we have the classic, we have the Passport, maybe even a Z3 LTE. Let's let's talk a little bit about what your next choice for device would be if you did not have a price that you had to pay for it. So someone's giving you a device. Which device do you pick and why? I want to start with Alex, go Brandon, Darius, and I'll move down the line. But Alex, what device do you see being your next device and why, if one was just given to you? Um, so this this is kind of interesting because by I the was way, just talking about uh, Alex was given a device. It was called the Playbook, I believe. Was it 16 gigabytes or 64? It was 32, so I, I oh, can't totally complain, but, you know, they, they probably had a big stock of their, because the 16 was really cheap, so they probably sold that out, and the 64, like, I bought the 64, so there's probably just their leftover stock, all these 32 gigabytes they don't know what to do with. Um, Yo, you need to get an Arduino yeah, so board, talking, hook, up, hook up the two playbooks and have one playbook, two-sided. <laughs> that should be wild. <laughs> no. He's <laughs> just <laughs> um, no. So, yeah, I was talking to, to you, James, about the event and covering it, and I'm extremely excited about using my developer alpha um, C, which is the Q10 variant, to cover the event because I've been using the Z10 for so long. Um, so I picked up my device, and I was, like, using the touch or the, using the keyboard, and I'm like, I can't wait to tweet with this thing. Like, I'm so excited mm -hmm. for it. So I'm realizing now that I'm starting to miss physical... QWERTY keyboards a lot, a lot, a lot. The fact that I'm getting so excited about using a, a device that's been sitting in my room for a year now, um, this Passport, it's making me feel... I mean, if the Classic was higher specs, then I would actually probably say the Classic. But if it was just given, a device was given to me, i got to say the Passport at this point. Yeah, some people on our channels were actually saying, you know, like, it already looks old, the, the Classic. But at the same time, like... It's got that quintessential BlackBerry feel that's essentially timeless. Yeah. It may look like it's stuck in, in a, at a certain time, but with the OS, it'll be running. I mean, it's been pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw it on Dylan's channel that it does look like you can navigate the OS with the trackpad, so you'll be able to move a little hover over the icons and be able to have fine-tooth controls, a lot like on the 9900s. Cool that they're not kind of half-assing the trackpad. They're giving it full integration, like, I loved on the 9900 that you could zoom in on the camera with the trackpad. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Big utility for me, especially for one-handed uh, use. So yeah, if they I bring all so. that with the BlackBerry 10 software, I'm really excited about it. Just the realization that I had that I actually want to get work done, so I'm thinking to go back to physical, and I'm thinking, like, that. that's why I, event, that's why I initially got on BlackBerry, like, utility, and I want to be able to get work done, and now I'm going right back there. So, well, 
when I was uh, I was covering the Toronto uh, Experience event, uh, I forget it was back in February something for Berry Flow. I just used my Z30, and there was a whole bunch of people from like some of the other some other tech websites, Canadian tech websites and newspapers. They were using their Android devices and uh, and iPhones, and they all had to keep having their phones charged and stuff. And I was actually the only person. I was actually using Remember. I was recording everything that was being said. I was making a note while it was recording, and I was firing off tweets and emails and BBMs all at the same time. And I didn't even need to recharge my phone once. I didn't even have to recharge it at a special moment, just like my regular routine, and I had no issues with it. So it would be interesting to see when you use your DevC how it fares in terms of the battery life because I imagine the battery life might not be as good as you said, 30. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally only need it for five hours. I'm going to keep it on airplane mode until I get to the event. I'm going to be using my Z30 primarily, um, but when it comes to, like, actually having to, like, live tweet, I think I'm just, it, it makes more sense I could type quicker um, for Twitter and then take pictures. I'll, I might be using both devices at the same time. James is telling me to record this be. one while, while tweet with the other. <laughs> actually, uh, Brandon, yeah. if I tried all of that with... Uh, I see 10, the battery died in about 15 minutes. So. Yeah, the, Z, the Z10's not, uh, not the best battery, trust me. I had one for, yeah. uh, for about a year. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely you know, it's quite, a distant, uh, quite distant third when it comes to comparing the Q10 and the Z30 and the Z10 in terms of battery life. Even the Q5, like, it's at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Not that it's not a great device. You have a, a spare battery. It'll get you through a day consistently, and you really have more power than you need in a lot of cases. But uh, you know, the Z10 doesn't suffer from hardware issues. It suffers from an OS that is young, that is uh, unrefined in generation one. You know, there's not a lot of expectation that can be put on that hardware at this point. People are wondering, you know, what's the Z10 successor? And they put it out the same year. We've mentioned it here before that the Z30 is really that Z10 successor, mm -hmm. for, at least for the foreseeable future in terms of a would-be high-end device. And I put my Z30 on 10.3 against any other device, and it, and it keeps up. Oh, and just on the point of the, the, the battery for the Z10, I heard there's a new battery that just uh, got released at some stores. It's a higher-capacity Z10 battery. That you can purchase. Uh, no, it's like, it's like a, I think it's a. Well, we talked that, about that one, this last that week. That one exists, but um, yeah, Jube, yeah. like well, you covered the event over in in the, at the New York Summit, and you did it all on your Q10, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, listening to uh, Brandon talk about it just reminded me when I did I covered the entire event on my Q10. Even uh, Barry Flow even posted an entire video that I recorded. Um, on my Q10, and I edited it with StoryMaker on the phone yeah. and uploaded it straight on Veryflow, wrote up a report. I used um, Remember app. That's all I used. I was taking notes from within the app, taking pictures, video, and voice notes, all within the app. And I was able to do it seamlessly, effortlessly. And I got, um, you know, you also posted the uh, uh, John Chen, um, you know, opening speech. And you got yeah, that the, the one. keynote and the Q and A that you did. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I did the Q and A with John Sims. Um, he knew that I had the remember open and I had the voice note, uh, you know, recorder running, and just you know had a conversation with him. I was able to take it. It was just an incredible um, 
one of those BlackBerry moments where you think about it, but it was a reality where I just pulled out my Q10, suffered no battery uh, drainage throughout the, the entire event, and uh, it went really well. I, w I mean, uh, James, you remember, I told you, I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. I just Everyone's on their laptops, everyone's doing all these things, and I just had my little Q10, and um, everything worked out. Perfect. Jubei, Jubei, get Lady Ramos on to say hi for us. Lady, you want to say hi to everyone? You want to say hi to everyone? <laughs> yeah. Cuz I bet you I bet you I bet you like we're all dolled up when you went out too. Oh yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, get out of here. <laughs> uh, did you you had you had a good little evening to celebrate your birthday? Yeah, nice meal. Had some churrasco steak. Had some uh, some beers and butterfish. Uh, whatever. We, we need to we need to all have that meal before we go on air for the next one. It's kind of crazy how long we've been doing this, guys. I mean, sixteen will be four months, and we're already through so far into the year. I really appreciate having you guys all on. I'm excited about our next upstream cast. You're cutting short, James. Brandon, yeah. We're supposed to talk about our favorite devices if we were given one. Yeah. I was the only one that answered. <laughs> no. oh, so, okay, so, okay so, so Brandon, Brandon, let, let me back here. Brandon, yeah. Alex, did you even answer the question? I was unsure. Yeah, I, said, I said passport. passport. I said passport. I want to go back to physical. Uh, All right, I'm taking a tally. Hold on. Okay, Alex, passport. Brandon, what about you? The um, devices that we may know are coming. What do you What do you think your next one would be? If it's a touch screen, I'm gonna get the like whatever the Z50 or whatever that is. But if I had to choose between the classic and the passport, I'd probably take the classic for the uh, form factor for the size. Because uh, I'm not looking forward to uh, to carrying around a, a huge phone. That's for the same reason I would never get a, a Samsung Note or something like that. It'll get you chicks, though. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't know. Sometimes when you have something big, it might look like you're complicated. Are you going off of the roadmap that uh, we saw on BlackBerry? And they yeah. Have, uh, <laughs> So now we all know why Alex is actually getting the passport. Uh, Darius, I what about you? What about you, Darius? That was cold-blooded, man. That was not. Nah, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, of course, I'm still sticking with the passport if I have been the entire time, at least until the next, you know, all-touch device comes out, you know. But I'm, I'm passport 100%. It's just, I just feel like, you know, the passport is just the last true innovation that, across mobile platforms it has just gotten in years. I just think it's, it, you know, innovation itself has been so stagnant and there it just hasn't been there. And I just think that, you know, the Passport right now is just kind of the epitome of that right now. And, and, and I love it and I want that. I want to be able to use that experience, just everything that it gives you. You know, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting a very decent amount of uh, screen in terms of this real estate, you know, to move around, you know, to use is just all touch. But you're getting a physical keyboard, and it's a different and new physical keyboard, not just talking in terms of the capacity of LED keys, but we're talking about just three rows. It's a whole new format for BlackBerry. It's the first of its kind, and, you know, as I mentioned before, you're going to see other iterations. So 
I would love to say, like, if you guys have seen that new Note commercial where they're kind of, they gave, like, a BGR.com a huge plug yeah. and all the comparisons and stuff with the iPhone 6. Yeah. And they show all these notes, right? And it's looking like, damn, you know, like the note came out back in 2011. That's that's crazy because I remember when the note came out and everybody's like, that phone is huge. But you're going to be like, all right, I got the first Passport. And when the Passport 2 comes out and then Passport 3 comes out and the Passport 4 comes out, you're going to be like, man, you know, I'm I'm happy I can say like I was, the, you know, I, I had the first Passport. And I'm kind of like one of those crusaders that kind of started this whole revolution because I think the Passport is really going to, you know, shift a lot of eyes and turn a lot of heads and people are going to be on this device. Don't look too interested, James. <laughs> I get the strangest emails about all this shit. I know Darius is Darius talked about Passport. He's all about that high end. He wants the big screen. So I'm not surprised there. I am interested to see what Matthew, who just bought a Z10, uh, what his next device will be. Are you going to go Are you going to QWERTY iPhone Z10 back to QWERTY? Is that going to happen? Uh, actually, probably. I'm stuck between two devices I really do want to get. Um, if, I, if I go QWERTY, I would have to go either Classic or the Con. Because I really want that super high-end luxury kind of feel. Because I've never really had that I felt with a device except like a, maybe a 5S. But yeah, like, I, you know, I meant to, I meant to say that, man. Like, I, I can't lie. I've been looking at the Classic, and the more I look at the Classic, the more I am fucking attracted to it. Like, <laughs> that, that, that device looks, yeah. I, I can't lie, that device looks great, bro. Like, like I, it's, it's like seeing like an old ago. girlfriend, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, wow, you dropped 20 pounds and your screen got half an inch bigger. You don't look <laughs> Whoa! Let me test that trackpad. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> or, actually, uh, James would probably hate me for this, but I would probably go, after a Z10, probably a Z3. LTE actually. I don't hate you on that. It's an affordable option. If there was an LTE option, I mean, I'd be there. Um, so, so, thank you for that, Matthew. Jubei, what about you? You had mentioned Con. You had mentioned Classic. You solidified your answer a little bit. But we got Ronell. Ronell will pull up the end. Oh, okay. Definitely okay. have to be the passport. But you go, oh, I thought you were telling me to go. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronald, why, why would you go Passport? Why would you go Passport? We'll close with Jubei on it. Um, I'd say just because of the, the newer specs. I, I definitely want to see how the operating system runs on the, the new higher-end software. It's a lot faster. So definitely want to see how it runs on that. But um, you guys would be surprised. From a selling standpoint, the classic... And don't hold me on this. The classic might be a bigger hit than the Z3. And no doubt. There's a lot no of reason for that. There's a lot of reason. Enterprise that. is going to eat that device up. I've got no oh. doubt that uh, there's a lot of selling points. <laughs> it's just for productivity again overrides the uh, the whole situation. Uh, Jubei, close with us here. What's your next device? You had a couple streams ago talked about getting the con. Then you heard about the specs, and you're like, eh. Yeah. So so where are you at right now? So everyone knows I wanted the Porsche device, but it turned out just to be a Q10. So, and I already have a Q10, so um, I'm gonna have to just move it over to the uh, to the classic. We're talking about um, a little bump um, from the Q10. I, I'm I'm appreciating the larger uh, screen real estate. I'm appreciating the larger battery. Uh, a little bit. Um, there were some tweaks to the QWERTY device, and I've heard that it was a little better typing experience on the classic than it is on the Q10. Um, I love the backing. 
the, you know, the glass weave is cool, but the backing on that uh, classic is looking really nice. Uh, I, I had a Z10, and I really appreciate the backing on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you get both the best of both worlds. You can, uh, you know, um, one-hand use with that trackpad and the tool belt, two-handed use with the full QWERTY. Um, I'm not big on specs because specs demand power, and, uh, you know, 10.3.1 right now is, is starting to uh, reflect the efficiency of, um, you know, the QNX um, OS. So you can do a lot more and, you know, just as fast as any other device with, uh, you know, lower specs. You don't need the high end. And you get a longer battery life. You get the full uh, days. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. Doing more with less is where I think that BlackBerry is headed with their devices, and I really love it because specs are way overrated, and if my device can perform just as well as yours with, you know, less specs, then that's, you know, great efficiency. It's awesome. No, I think <laughs> that's, that's honestly where the, where the Z30 excels, to be honest, where it has this modest but still very powerful kind of hardware setup with the 1.7, the high clock, the dual core, the RAM, the quad graphics unit. It's yeah. an impressive overall kind of situation for them. Again, they don't have to play really in the spec race. They can kind of do what they want. It's kind of interesting, though, with the Passport, as Alex had mentioned, that is going to kind of play toward the vertical of these Note devices. So, again, really interesting. Some people like Brandon, totally not interested in it. But, you know, <laughs> others of us here who want the specs and want to see what that experience will be like, I think Brandon may warm up to a passport once it launches. I think no way. He's, he's no waiting for Blaine. Uh, if you asked me three months ago, I would have said passbook, uh, passport, uh, hands down. But now, after I've been seeing it for like who knows, like half a year, I'm kind of like, okay, like novelty is like, all right. And we didn't really hear that much about the classic. We kind of knew what it was going to be like. But now that I've seen some of the leaked images, if it's like that, I like the form factor of it. And it looks a bit more, it, it looks pretty sleek, the, the classic. It doesn't look like something too crazy in terms of design, but it seems like something that holds true to, you know, the legacy design features. And I think with 10.3, with the new OS, if that trackpad can work really well with it, I, I'd be definitely I'm more interested in the classic in terms of that with the trackpad. Yeah, the trackpad is going to make it break it for the classic. I, if, it, if the functionality isn't exactly what people are expecting, then I think that's really going to be the make it a breaking point for the classic. Other than that, I mean, you can't really be mad with anything else. You're getting the legacy keyboard, you're getting a bigger screen, you're getting a better battery, you're getting a bigger phone, you know, great hardware in terms of the camera. I mean, you can't complain about anything else. It's just that functionality of the trackpad is where it's going to tip the scales with it. James, I have a question. Did you guys already cover the um, Bonehead uh, post of the week regarding the... Um, BVM on wearable. <laughs> oh no, we didn't say that. I love bashing CB. Anyway, um, it, it, you know, it happens when when you're in the media and you're covering so many things, and you read a headline for what it is, and then rewrite it as what it was. It really, really, what it was, Jube was. <laughs> Upstream's Bonehead Post of the Week, brought to you by Berry Flow. <laughs> has to go to our advice over at Crackberry, because last, uh, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, James reported how um, 
when John Sims is asked, he's like, they're, they're, they're looking into the possibility, experimenting, looking at whether they want to implement BBM on wearables. That's all it is. They're looking into it, seeing if it's a probability, something that they want to do. And uh, Adam Zeiss goes out on a Crackberry and posts that BlackBerry is developing a smartwatch. <laughs> a complete lie. He, he came out of a Crackberry um, cemetery, resurrected from the grave to report a lie. And, well, I mean, like, he posted, like, the exact, like, Q&A stuff. And, like, if you read what he posts on CB, nowhere in there do you get the impression that they're building a smartwatch just that they're like testing BBM on it so like the yeah. headline he did was just like a total yeah, like you said a bonehead thing to do and then of course there was like a huge thread of it on CB and everybody's like excited about a watch <laughs> and you'll see in like five months when there's yeah, no if you're excited if if you're excited about a watch come to Berry Flow tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> Drops and now we have to suffer the backlash of all the disappointed people who are like, wait, BlackBerry's yeah. not making a smartwatch? Playboy. It'll Playboy be like the problem Playbook. number two. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, do have, I do have one one little roundtable uh, question here that I want to send across, and then I want to wrap it up here. Um, if BlackBerry were to resurrect a Playbook-type device in 2015, and, and we'll tie this into marketing, Alex... I, I see your, your point there about Microsoft. What? <laughs> no, just, just go. <laughs> okay. Microsoft, so yeah. if you, if yeah, if with if with Foxconn's uh, partnership with Blackberry, we see a past uh, playbook type device in 2015, would you want it to be called a playbook two or totally kill the playbook lineage and reinvent something else? So we'll start that backwards. We'll start with Ronell. We'll go backwards to Jubei. Uh, Matt and go down the line. Ronell, what do you think about a playbook two, and how would you brand it? Uh, probably reinvent. Probably not use the playbook because kind of like dead weight to the name. Definitely want to change that. What I would change it to? Uh, I, I can't. <laughs> I, can't I can't even answer that question. I can't come up with a good name. A berry book instead of a MacBook. You make it a berry book. Is it edible? I can come up with Jubei, what about you? Uh, 2015 tablet from BlackBerry. Does it have any ties to the playbook as an iterative jump, or is it something totally standalone? It's completely standalone. I never liked the word playbook from the beginning. Didn't think it fit into... Um, Anything BlackBerry uh, didn't seem corporate enough or businessy yeah, yeah. enough, um, and the playbook is actually terminology that they use in other stuff like NFL and sports and stuff like that. It, it was just I, I didn't really like the name to begin with. If they come up with something new and fresh, I'm sure Chen is going to. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chen is going to look over going to come out with the appropriate name for the uh, for whatever the tablet is going to be and um, take it from there. But <laughs> it's yeah, going to be called the shoebox. It's the size of the shoebox. <laughs> Completely standalone. Just leave the playbook in, in in the cemetery where it belongs. In the cemetery, Jubei, I'm waiting for your uh, your eulogy. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Oh, well, let's all have a I word. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes. 
<laughs> Matthew, what about you? You have a playbook. You use your playbook on occasion. Do you think we should have a playbook too and kind of be like, yeah, we fixed all the problems on the old one? Or... Basically, it would be, I wouldn't mind a re like a revamp of the playbook too, but I would make it so it would be like, the playbook too, this time it does email. And then, <laughs> and then I think really? for, its, for its previous like transgressions and then no, I, I'd be okay with the playbook too. Yeah. Um, maybe bigger. Like I wouldn't keep the seven-inch model with like those horribly huge bezels. Yeah, um, those bezels need to be trimmed back. Like going to diet for real. They're horrible. They were um, there purposely <laughs> before, though. Like yeah, as a gesture area. Functionality. Yeah. 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 But, but I, I, would, I would minimize the gesture area. Um, make it bigger. Maybe about eight. 7.9, maybe 8 inches, 8.2. Seems like a good spot for me. And then yeah. have it run, you know, 10.3. Maybe good. I'm thinking, yeah. like, I'm still waiting for BlackBerry 10 to support landscape in some fashion. I don't know if we're waiting for bigger devices or what. It seems like on the Passport they've kind of got a little bit of that down uh, you know, in certain applications. I, I would love, I, I know they're doing it with the iPhone 6 Plus, which is 5.5, so it's in that fablet range. You put it sideways, and you get kind of a landscape OS. Would you guys like that on BlackBerry 10? Is that is that something you'd be interested? In? Yeah, yeah, like just like there in Hub, where it goes landscape for us. Honestly, uh, just just an makes, interesting interesting it point. It makes like too much sense for it not to come. But you know, what am I gonna say? I heard there was some like design, some UI um, difficulties with making the whole uh, OS landscape. But I think it would really lend itself to all the things they've been implementing with Miracast, with the HDMI outputs, with this, you know, mobile computing platform they're they're trying to to sell us on and stuff. I think it would make a lot uh, of sense. Every time I hear mobile computing platform, I think back to that Alex Anders video. We're gonna keep on loving you that they did for the devs. Dallin just did an article up with yeah. it. And it's oh, it's yeah. still so catchy. Video. Yeah. Our updated SDK is Steam stuff, man. I want to hear what Darius has to say as to this, this playbook thing. <laughs> oh. Would you name it a playbook too, or would you would you go for something totally new? New management, new company, new vision? Do you, do you feel that um, coming through? No, I, you know what? Honestly, what I would do is I would uh, I definitely scratch the title playbook. I was never really fond of it myself, um, but. What I would do is I kind of take a note from with Samsung and just call it like the BlackBerry um, Passport tablet and just you know title it as that. And but I, I would take a Microsoft approach and you know give it an option to you can buy you can you know get the tablet and also get an attachable keyboard. Um, put USB you know ports on it and not only that but I think BlackBerry should also dwell not don't just put you know BlackBerry 10 OS on that. Create a BlackBerry 10 tablet OS um, that implements showcase mode. Bring that back because that was something that mm. people love from the playbook. Yeah. So implement, um, you know, showcase mode on it. You know, give it tablet features. Don't make it just like a bigger phone in your hand because I think that's what a lot of people kind of hate is when they buy a tablet and it's just like, well, shit, I, I spent my money on this one. I could have just kept my phone the entire time. You know, so. You gotta give it more. You have to give it more features because it is a tablet and it's structured to do more things than your phone does. So, right. I think they I, have to. I, kinda... I absolutely agree. I mean, yeah. custom custom experiences, as you're mentioning, Darius, right. are going to be pivotal to really bringing these markets, or rather, these devices, into people's hands. Right. I mean, 
the reason I stick with BlackBerry 10, and I'm pretty sure it kind of goes across the board for all of us, is it offers us an unparalleled communication experience. Hub, uh, you know, the access to different kinds of applications. It's kind of like an all-access pass, so to speak. It does it a lot of different things. You get access to a lot of different features and just kind of custom versions. You know, you may see something like TimeShift on another device, but it's totally tailored for ROS, our keyboard, to totally tailored for us. Can I tell you guys a story? It happened last night. So one of my buddies, he bought a BlackBerry, a Z10 off of me uh, a few months ago in like kind of a rush because his Samsung device had just like gone kaputs and he needed like a device. So I was like, hey man, like I have an extra Z10 if you're interested. I think it's pretty good. So he bought it off of me and he was like, whatever, I'll, I'll try the BlackBerry. If I don't like it, worst case, I can just switch to like another device later on. Anyways, to this day, he still has his Z10, and last night, we were out for beers. It was his birthday, and uh, I was like, how you liking it? And he's like, man, like, honestly, like, the apps aren't there, but the hub, and I, I quote, this is quote for quote him. He's like, the hub is so fucking good. I tell everybody that the hub is, like, the best thing about this device, and that's, like, one thing that I probably wouldn't leave this device for. It's because of the hub. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... You just got to get these devices in people's hands, man. Yeah. So it just leans more credit to if they can come up with like a, like a playbook version 2 or something like that. You know, who knows? Get some yeah, marketing I mean, into it. Yeah, Ronel, you need to sell these things to us. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I promise you. <laughs> you will buy it. <laughs> Alex, what were you going to mention? Yeah, I mean, what I like about the playbook is it has a lot of mind share, even if a decent amount of it is negative, but the fact that, like, my mom, if I said, what's the BlackBerry tablet, she goes the playbook, and, like, they've spent so much money on advertising it, I think it's tough, like, they gave the Storm, they at least gave the Storm a second shot, right, the Storm 2? Yeah. So should they give the playbook a second shot. It already has the mind share, and they could possibly turn around for something. I it's I feel like they should keep the name, or they shouldn't go back in tablets. I it, it's just I don't know. But to go on this topic, did any of you guys hear about the whole Microsoft um, fiasco? They they spent four hundred million dollars on branding, uh, paying for advertisement for product placement in the NFL. Which this is a good example of how. How exactly do you expect BlackBerry to compete as a tablet when companies like Microsoft, they're throwing $400 million out on a whim for product placement in the NFL for their Surface? And one of the announcers started talking about how the Surface looks like it's <laughs> iPad-like. And they was referring it to an iPad. And I'm sure Microsoft was rolling over. Like, are you kidding me? You just spent half a friggin' billion dollars and you're calling it an iPad. Um, but, you know, BlackBerry has $3.1 billion on hand. They can't throw that kind of money into advertising these tablets. Like these other companies, Apple and Microsoft, they have the money to throw at it. So I don't know if a tablet really makes sense for BlackBerry. No, no it is. It. Yeah. It's an identity. It's an identity issue. Yeah. If you've got, if someone's got a BlackBerry there, no one's gonna call a BlackBerry an iPod or an iPhone or something like that, right? No. The thing with the tablets like that, there's no distinguishing difference yeah. between most of the tablets, right? And so the the iPad was the first one there that kind of defined the segment. I mean, you had Microsoft tablets before, but they weren't really as you know as 
ubiquitous as they are now. Right. Right. So Apple set a standard for for tablets, and not only that, that it's one of the rare times where some actually where someone did something for the first time and they got it right, yeah. and it, then they just kept yeah. making it even better from that point on. So it it just sucks that unfortunately they're the first to do it. I like the iPad Mini, to be honest, the size of it and everything. And that, that, what's that? That's like an 8.9-inch device? or No, it's 7. It's 7. It's, it, my wife has an iPad Mini. It's the same exact size. Yeah, Steve Jobs uh, said that uh, no one wants a 7-inch tablet. Right. He was. They will never make what, one. Definitely <laughs> doing numbers. <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. doing Now they have a 5.5-inch iPhone. I mean, they're pretty, they've gone pretty far from the laps. It's interesting to see how... Uh, reactive Apple has been uh, with this quarter. I know Matthew is probably like trying to bite his tongue here to speak on it differently, but if we just look at the whole market, Steve Jobs seems to have been very focused on those strict form factors of the 3.5-inch screen. With Android coming out with a lot of phablets, it's kind of pushed the market in a different direction, and they've had to adapt to it. It's something they've had to acknowledge. We've had phablets in for quite a while now. Even the BlackBerry had a 5-inch device before Apple. I mean, when we look at the whole market perspective, where do we see devices going from here now that Apple has the table stakes with everyone else? Where does the innovation come in? Uh, I guess that, well, I just partially. Um, I, Microsoft, I'm sorry, Apple, I'm talking about Microsoft in the chat. Uh, Apple has been always never been a company that's never done things first for the sake of being first. As we went back earlier, it's always been a company that's always kind of looked at something and then approached it. But like, and that's the same thing with the the phablet space. Um, I think the actual real terms of innovation will be coming through what Apple, 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 and other country companies, man, companies can also can can do with the kind of technology that they're given. Like, you know, maybe BlackBerry can turn the trackpad into maybe like its version of the Touch ID scanner, or you know, Sapphire displays can actually make it to the next generation of iPhones, or. Uh, or, you know, they can, customizable keys can make a comeback. It just, it really depends. Maybe the touchscreen on the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus can, you know, maybe shift and create haptic feedback similar to what the, the Apple Watch can do. It just... But see, it, it, that, that's, 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 the, that's the exact point I'm trying to make here, that you're talking about comeback features and bringing things back and re-innovating them. Where are we going to see something that's never been seen? We've literally seen nothing like a mobile touch keyboard like what we're going to see on the Passport. Yeah. I just think Apple, with with all of their cash on hand, could afford to be a little bit more innovative than they have been. They're, as you had mentioned, very tactical in their pursuit, looking back and then you know trying to bring a solution forward. It's almost as if BlackBerry, if we kind of compare, and Jubei and I have talked about this before, it's like Apple has worked from the ground up, working to, at the consumer, giving them what they want at an experience level, very simple, very refined, and working up now into the enterprise bases where they work. And right. it's BlackBerry from the opposite perspective, catering to the top tier, working at the enterprise, and their prices, rather their products, have trickled down into the consumer space. So it's almost an opposite uh, duality of focus there. So again, really interesting to see and kind of compare the two devices. Apple will continue to do well in the enterprise space. They're already kind of transitioning and looking at the Internet of Things as a bigger space for them with the watches, with the phablets. So I see something there, but I also see BlackBerry kind of taking a, a leadership position in the same kind of market because well, they're I looking see, at the platform behind them. My thing is with, like this. All right, like as, as far as like BlackBerry loyalists and fans that we are and just consumers in general, we 
at the end of the day, everybody, a lot of people don't like Apple. A lot of people love Apple. But at the end of the day, I think it's BlackBerry consumers. I think we should give them the most respect in terms of being competition to them, giving them the most respect because you got to understand, they came from a harder bottom than BlackBerry has experienced in the last couple of years. Like, being on top and then falling out, like, they fell into literally a 10-year drought from com compared to, like, the top of the 90s when they were on, and then they dropped, and they you had to make a major comeback from 2001. So you had to respect their story. And that's pretty much in the same sense that BlackBerry is at. Give or take, in terms of innovation, innovation isn't coming from software anymore. It, it, it's not that. Innovation is honestly coming from the hardware perspective. And when you look at it, like I mentioned, the latest big piece of innovation we've gotten lately is with the Passport and its design. And I think that's what a lot of people are very much focusing on now, is the design of the products that they're putting out there. Because... Finally, the software has caught up to the hardware. Now we just have to implement the hardware to where it's, uh, so to speak, it's more, it's it's not just your everyday thing you pick up and use. It's really, as I mentioned, I think a couple of the podcasts back, that it's a part of your lifestyle. So when you can create something that's dedicated to your lifestyle and everything that you do on a daily basis, that's what innovation is, I think. And I think a lot of companies who just kind of strayed away from that point of view. They didn't look at a lifestyle. They looked at a brand and what they wanted their thing to be, aside from the rest. No, no. Okay, you know so you think in that case... Oh. Sorry, no, you can go. You can go. Okay, so comparing it's BlackBerry to the Apple of the late 90s, early 2000s, do you think that... I agree. I actually completely agree with the fact that a more aesthetic design kind of change would put mind share into people about BlackBerry, and that's what happened with the iMac, and it's a multicolor lineup. And with Apple in the early 2000s, I mean, I think that's a very good analogy, and that's a solid point, is that I think that BlackBerry needs more things like the Passport, and it's, like, very unique design choice, and that sort of, like, dynamic could set it apart from other devices, and right. they can make it more, not only approachable, but adoptable in a sense, like with right. people who are not totally, you know, sold on BlackBerry as a company, but if that parallel and that dynamic is of a company that's sort of like on the, not on its last legs, but fighting its way back up, right. is made and known that people, it just, people like to see BlackBerry in a different line. It's not just like the, the old suit and tie business user smartphone, but they'll see it as something different and dynamic, something to like what the iPhone was in 2007. Like with, right. in terms of software, but BlackBerry with hardware. See, see Matthew, for, for me, when I look at the BlackBerry story, what I see is not a, they're not trying to come back. You know? They're not trying to play in that space anymore. They've kind of turned away from it and been like, yeah, we're going to focus half on QWERTY, half on all touch. at least from the hardware side. I don't see them ever looking to have the kind of scale and consumer focus that are on a lot of these other competing platforms. Again, I look at it kind of like I look at the con, like a luxury experience and hardware combination that offers things that other platforms don't offer me. And if BlackBerry can leverage a lot of their services behind that idea, they don't need to kind of work and focus on that consumer side of them. They can focus, well, again, on that enterprise space. Well, I understand that, too, but at the same regard, you have to understand that Apple, even though it is, it is largely a consumer-oriented company, they manage to encapsulate a good design aesthetic with a good, positive, easy-to-use user experience, and people find that enjoyable. If they apply that concept to you know, the enterprise space, I, I see that 
even though they have a strong enterprise foothold now, that's not something that can't become even better with a with a more, I guess I can't really say user-friendly approach, but something that makes it more mainstream in its adoption. And I think that hardware is sort of where that needs to be in order for BlackBerry to have both enterprise mind share to to a smaller like, extent. And yet, the hardware. If, if you pick up if you pick up a five a five what is it a, a, excuse me an iPhone six plus which is the five point five inch version and you put it next to a Passport. If you tell me which has a better industrial design, I look at the passport. I see the stainless steel. I see the clean lines and delineation. Whereas I see this iPhone kind of being this curved metal, kind of ubiquitous type looking device. I, if we were to put the iPhone, the new iPhone versus a Z30, I'd have to give it to the iPhone for its thinness and the innovative side that's going with the, the screen and everything they're doing there. But if I still look at it from a design perspective. If, as you talked about, the usability of it, I still think BlackBerry 10 is leagues beyond what is offered on some of these other platforms. And even I agree with that with some, with some things, but I really believe that design aesthetics is a personal, it's a personal pursuit. Everyone has their own, you know, Absolutely. has their own, you know, perspective. I mean, you have your own perspective on how you designed Fairyflow, which is a beautiful website. And then you have some people who like the customizability, like with Android, you know? People I like think I like... Essentially, That's definitely what is, yeah. is um, where the identity lies with the company BlackBerry, what it was born out of, and what Apple was born out of. And you know, James touched on it a little bit more. When BlackBerry introduced the OS and they introduced devices, they were business oriented first. They catered to that to the to the enterprise and regulated segments, and they gave them an offering that encapsulated everything that they were about. And you know, looking at where Apple's going, you know, the consumer market is very finicky. I wrote about this on why uh, on N4BB why um, consumers are in the backseat with BlackBerry. Uh, trying to just touch on the points that you know the consumer market's kind of plateaued in in not kind of it pretty much plateaued here in North America, and everyone is losing money on smartphones. There's no money in smartphones anymore. Everyone has one. Um, there's a creepy guy behind you, James. And there's just I don't know like um, not much of a not much of a market there. And so Apple sees this and they're saying, okay, what else is there? And they want to take what they've made so successful in the consumer market and apply it to the business and the enterprise. And in that transition, there's there's some sort of identity that's a little bit lost for them that doesn't hold as much water as BlackBerry's. Um, you know, identity and creating. They were born out of it. And I know that the UI and the experience on the iPhone is virtually idiot-proof. And yeah. if there's a way that they can find a way to bring it into enterprise, I'm not sure how that would work. I know the BYOD is pretty... Uh, it was because of the iPhone that the BYOD became popular to begin with. So I think there is validation of people wanting to implement their own devices and their iPhones into enterprise, but that also gave birth to a number of nightmares for the IT departments and, and, and you know, as far as security and stuff, and Apple doesn't really provide that sort of thing. Their team up with IBM, it's just a way for them to leverage more of their devices into the enterprise. Um, I think it's really simple, you know. Apple was about consumers, and now they're trying to, you know, go into the enterprise, and you have BlackBerry was about enterprise. 
and they tried going to the consumer market and that was a total fail. They lost their identity, lost money, market share, yeah. and now they're going back to the roots, what's making them... Uh, exactly. Yeah, as I was about to say, I think BlackBerry, they just got so caught up with the consumer side, like they completely lost track with their roots. You know, they didn't... BlackBerry would have never took as huge of a dive if they never, you know, lost yeah. track of their roots and just stayed focused and just said, okay, look, just let the consumer side go. We understand that we didn't take advantage of it when we should have. We knew the future. We had all the steps, and we had pretty much the whole entire plan in our hands, but we didn't utilize it. That's cool. But then they just let everything slip because they got so right. caught up with trying to please the consumers. As James mentioned, they, it wasn't necessarily a matter of trying to make a comeback. They just said, you know what, let's just get back to what we were doing already and get it, and just let it be. You know, because when you look, at the, you look at the Passport, it's kind of like the Passport in itself it isn't weird, it's just different, and then it's so different to the point you're like, why the hell didn't we think of this before? You know what I'm saying? Because it's almost, it's it's almost something that's so common but was just never used. And I think they pretty much hit on the nail with that. So when you speak of innovation and you talk about moving forward, I think it, it just, in terms of BlackBerry finding themselves again, you couldn't be on a better track than what they're on right now. Yep, I agree. Got to agree with that. Let's clear it up here. Yeah. Brandon, your choice. I know you've been tweeting about it here on the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Pass, po- pass, passport, pass, passbook, playbook, <laughs> <laughs> playbook two, or uh, so you're thinking passbook it would be your name for a new version. Passbook. Yeah. If you come up with a, a new pass, um, well, a new uh, playbook, <laughs> I would call it the passbook. Because it's like if you put two, you put two playbook, I mean passports together, it can create a book. It can create like a little book. A folio. Oh man, the I can think so book. many bad jokes that the media could come up with as far as calling it the passbooks. Like I'll pass. <laughs> Not as bad uh, as the iPad when it came out. So. Maxi pad jokes. We all know. We all know why women buy the iPad. You're gonna get hated for that one. Um, Alex, what about you? Playbook 2 or some kind of new name? And what would you name it if, if you were to go for a different name? I'll go to this again. No, I, I was saying before that I think they should stick with Playbook because of the mind share it has already. It's it's so expensive to introduce a new product line. Even, like, the Apple Watch came out. Um, but in our minds, so many people's minds, it was already called the iWatch. And now people are actually stumbling calling it the iWatch instead of the Apple Watch. Um, so I think there's just so much about the mindshare for them to introduce a brand new product. It's just a lot of advertising dollars um, for tablet. So you can you can imagine the guy in, you can imagine the guy in marketing right now like typing it up. He's like playbook two. Oh, that's, yeah. that's easy enough. <laughs> easy enough. No, the playbook plus. <laughs> oh, good one. Playbook plus. Oh, man. I think Apple dropped the ball with that name. Like, Jesus Christ, I couldn't come up with anything better. The plus. plus. Well, what they did was that they, they were like, they were walking on the street and they like, they found some junk dude and they're like, what should we call the next iPhone? Is like, well, like, is it better than the other iPhone? Like, yeah. Oh, like, man, like, it's the iPhone plus. And they're like, oh, <laughs> shit, that's going to be the name. <laughs> they were drunk at the bar, making up the name, but they forgot to leave the iPhone for oh someone to leak. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, we, I think we all covered all what we needed to say today. I am really excited about this Movertu uh, purchase. BlackBerry's keeping the momentum up. I'm sure next week 
I don't know. Next week, I'm going to have to talk to you guys about some scheduling things. We may try to change the date around, and I want to see how that plays with our schedules overall. But uh, I really appreciate having everyone on here, Alex, Brandon, Darius, Matthew, Jube, and Ronell. Do you guys have any close, any closing things we want to talk about? I heard Cluey's going to be over in London. Can we yeah. can we surmise that Chen will be in London as well? That was going to be the main launch hub for this device, so I'm not entirely surprised. I you know like the last person I saw up on stage at BlackBerry Live was Torsten, and I feel like it'd be so cool to see Chen you know up on stage. But I have a feeling if they're sending uh, BlackBerry employees to London, and what the London event they ran out of room fairly quickly. You said mm -hmm. James. Yeah. I'm or, assuming that's or so we're told. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming it's probably more so the main event. Um, even though, didn't they have just a, a London event some like somewhat recently, and it was only in London to announce something? Was that more like a developers thing? I'm not sure. Was that was that event more of a developers event? Maybe I'm just totally thrown stuff out. No, here. no, no, no. I, I know it, they did have an event there recently in it, London. I think it was. It wasn't just. No, I don't know. But well, yeah, so what? We we're saying with clearly being in London, you know, it's a huge possibility, and more than likely that Chin will be in Toronto. But uh, the, what's the guy that they just recently hired, um, who's from India, and with the other event being in India, it kind of makes sense that he could possibly be there. You know, <laughs> it's it's in the it's in the Middle East. It's in Dubai, not India. Oh, it's not India. Okay, I thought it was. India. I thought the third event was India. Maybe they're sending all the BlackBerry employees to London. That guy's gonna handle. Um, Dubai, and then Chen is going to hold down the fort for London. So, that'd be cool to see. But, you know, we'll see. We'll yeah. know in a week and a half. Yeah. I, I think their carrier support across that entire region is a little bit stronger than over here in North America as a whole. I know Canada Canada, Canada's behind the, uh, the brand, of course, <laughs> but it'd be just nice for them to hit another top market. North America and Europe are kind of compared as per their LTE spectrums and rollouts and things like that and the markets that are buying cell phones over there. So it'd be cool to see them kind of take back some of the lost ground over there. They yeah. had a, a pretty decent UK subscriber base in the past, so kind of building that back with some good faith. Uh, I'd love to see just some marketing. Again, we talked about this last upstream on, on a broader basis of what some kind of the market objectives they could have. Uh, do you guys feel like this launch is going to be a substantial turning point for them, or is this kind of like another uh, milestone on the long road to resurgence for them? Excited more so for 10.3 than, yeah. than the device. Yeah, yeah, we need to just <laughs> no, but it yeah, having a new device, it's gonna get in the hands of I know like uh, John Rettinger, for instance, he's really excited for the play. We've said passbook playbook. Now my mind doesn't even know the the passport. The big um, device like this, the, the keyboard. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so he's this big tech enthusiast who's always been more so towards Android and iOS, um, but he's been pretty vocal about, like, you know, guys, give BlackBerry a chance. Like, I'm really excited for the Passport, and I see the potential with the Classic. So now this is really just the Passport is going to get out there with 10.3, and these reviewers are going to have to truly review it and be like, Amazon App Store is here now. I'm excited to see these reviews. They can't just say, app gap, blah, 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 blah. So. They're still going to call out Instagram and Snapchat for not being there, but we're ready for that. Yeah. And it's not, like you can't, it's not like you can't get them, you know? Yeah. yeah. One way or another. Anyway, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. We've been going for, like, yeah. two hours. Yeah, just letting you guys know, I might not be here for, like, 
three weeks because I'm going to uh, I'm going to Spain for a week and I'm getting sent to northern Ontario in the middle of nowhere. So I'm not sure how my internet's <laughs> going to be. So. We'll get you on satellite. We'll make it happen. We'll talk about <laughs> you know, you, nowadays, supposedly if you get a Google Voice, which works on BlackBerry 10, you can call yeah. in to these Hangouts over Wi-Fi. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so we may, we oh, may figure no. something out here. Uh, oh, toward no. We'll see how that goes. Good. But I really appreciate having everyone on. Again, Alex, Brandon, Darius, Matthew, Jube, and Ronel. Uh, best of luck to you guys in, in your future endeavors here. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> Later.